This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting from Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. We've been documenting all the, uh, the businesses falling victim to the pandemic. We noted on yesterday's show, J. Crew filing for bankruptcy. Receiving news today that one in five Wendy's is now out of beef. Sam, your thoughts on My Wendy's thoughts are out of that beef. if you go to Wendy's, you should probably be going for the spicy chicky anyway. So mm. this crisis uh, probably shouldn't be affecting you too much. And uh, you should just shut the hell up and order the spicy chicken. Yeah. That's a similar take to what I have. There's a Wendy's real close to me that I haven't been to in months and still won't go to because it's the worst Wendy's I've ever been to. But <laughs> I did I think at one point see, you were calling it Geo Hell. Yeah, yeah, I was. I did see that uh, on TV someone had remarked that in the 1980s, Wendy's had an advertising campaign attacking the other burger chains with the slogan, Where's the Beef? So, Wendy's, where's the beef now? I, uh, I, I heard that Wendy's is financially supporting the campaign to reelect Donald Trump. Really? Uh, just another reason to not go there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if, if you're you do forced go there, there, get the spicy chicky. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right. It's Tuesday, May 5th, 2020. Here's the news. The U.S. Senate is carrying on with business despite the pandemic. Confirmation hearing was convened to consider Trump's nominee to be the new director of national intelligence, Republican Congressman John Ratcliffe. The hearing was conducted adhering to pretty severe social distancing guidelines. The witness was seated on one side of the hearing room and the lawmakers on the far other side. And there were blocks of senators conducting their questioning in 30-minute shifts to limit the number of people in the hearing room. The thing about the nominee, John Ratcliffe, he's a fierce Republican partisan, a loyalist to President Trump who vehemently defended Trump during the impeachment hearings. And he's being considered to replace the acting director of national intelligence, Richard Grinnell, another political operative and loyalist to the White House. Ratcliffe was initially nominated last summer, but withdrew his name from consideration because he had none of the required intelligence experience as required by law for the position, and he had been busted embellishing his resume. Now, he's back. But even worse for Ratcliffe, here he was giving a veep-ass answer trying to hide that he would definitely torture some folks if he was named Director of National Intelligence, or I should say he would authorize others to torture folks because Ratcliffe himself would shit his pants. What you believe that waterboarding I, is a violation of the anti-torture law? My understanding um, that the law made, makes clear in several places that torture is illegal, and um, and and that would be uh, that would be the finding I think in the Army field field manual. And uh, so this has nothing to do with your personal opinion. You're you're simply saying I'll follow the law. But if the law was changed to allow waterboarding or or other forms of torture, would you say that was OK? Um, I, I think the obligation that I have, Senator, is to follow the law, um, uh, the Constitution and law 
uh, of the country is the oath that I take. Remember, the CIA torture program operated because they got some dipshit lawyer at the DOJ to say it was legal. So Ratcliffe would have happily followed the orders if he was in the position then. And people have wondered around how the U.S. could possibly return to torturing people. Well, this is how. This is exactly how people like John Ratcliffe being in positions of power. This should be disqualifying. So should all the other stuff that initially led to Ratcliffe withdrawing his nomination. But he's likely to be approved, confirmed with Democratic support. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments today in a case pitting George Soros against the Trump administration. It's hard to say that without sounding like a crank, but it's true. At the heart of the matter, the enforcement of a prior court ruling that the U.S. government can't force nonprofits to make policy statements against prostitution if they're accepting money to fight the spread of AIDS and HIV. The requirements were initially passed by Congress during the George W. Bush years, they were overturned in 2013 in a 6-2 to decision, but the government is arguing that the requirements still apply to foreign nonprofits because foreign entities abroad don't have any constitutional rights. The Open Society Foundation, the Soros-backed charity litigating the case, argued that this still impacts the rights of U.S. entities to freely associate with foreign affiliates, also, they argue, U.S. entities have the right to speak with one voice with their foreign entities. It appears that argument might carry the day, dealing the anti-sex work restrictions another blow. Here's a lawyer for the government, assistant to the U.S. Solicitor General, Christian Mitchell. He's trying to suggest an alternative for the Open Society Foundation and getting owned by John Roberts. Uh, they can, for example, explain that the policy statement being issued by the foreign entity doesn't reflect their own views. Their free speech allows them uh, to do that. And I, and I well, would note as... Presumably, presumably it does reflect their own views. Um, you know, they have the same name, the same logo, the same brand. Um, and I wonder if it makes more sense to think of the uh, foreign entity as simply another channel for the domestic entity's speech. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, is that good when the chief justice owns you? <laughs> Moving on, the Government Accountability Office is again nudging the Environmental Protection Agency to take greater measures to respond to climate change. In a report released publicly on Tuesday, the oversight body highlighted four priority recommendations that were made at the end of last year and beginning of this year related to climate change that are still open and unaddressed by the EPA. Three of them pertain to protecting Superfund pollution sites from increased risk of floods, wildfires, and other climate change-induced disasters. GAO noted that the EPA initially disagreed with the agency's recommendations and claimed that supersite funds already plan for extreme weather risks. GAO responded, however, by saying those plans don't explicitly include climate change, so the recommendation will remain open. A fourth recommendation involved the EPA providing assistance to municipal water utilities to ensure climate resiliency. According to GAO, the EPA just straight up ignored this recommendation. The report touched on 17 other priority recommendations made by GAO that the EPA still has not addressed. Finally, Blue Lives Matter, more like Poo Lives Matter. Another year of data shows that cops are a bunch of diaper-filling babies. Data released yesterday by the FBI showed that in 2019, there were only 89 law enforcement officers killed on the job. Only 48 of these came from felonious acts. 
41 cop deaths were accidental. Of these, six involved cops who were in car accidents who were not wearing seatbelts. When cops are criticized for brutalizing and killing people, they whine about their jobs being uniquely dangerous. But the following industries saw more occupational deaths in, 20, in 2018 than law enforcement. This is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Agriculture, mining, construction, manufacturing, wholesale trade, retail trade, transportation and warehousing, administrative and waste services, landscaping, leisure and hospitality, repair and maintenance. All of these industries saw worker fatalities in 2018 in the triple digits. So if you work on a farm, in a mine, in construction, in a factory, if you help sell anything wholesale, wholesale or retail, if you work in transportation or in a warehouse, if you do landscaping, sanitation, or if you work in a kitchen or a restaurant, you are officially braver than the police. You also do more than the police to protect and serve your community. We thank you for your service. We do. And that music you hear is for you and your service. And it's also for poetry, the haiku we read on the show for our new subscribers on patreon.com slash district sentinel five bucks a month you get access to all the bonus content and your own haiku written for you and read on the air let's get right to it this one is for travelers depot breaking into farms to free all the pigs let them roam in the cities thank you travelers depot this is for ryan after recording, I'm heading to the kitchen. Microwave sliders. Thank you, Ryan. This one is for Arlo. Job of podcasting is still more dangerous than being a dang cop. Thank you, Arlo. This is for Gamer Unknown. Suddenly, I have very strong opinions on Korean baseball. Thank you, Gamer Unknown. I'll have to share some of those opinions uh, with me later. This one is for Joe. Wonder what the birds think of everything right now. They don't give a shit. Thank you, Joe. Finally, this is for Jigitsa. With friends at Wendy's, 15 of us will invade Venezuela. Go. <laughs> Thank you, Jigitsa, and thanks to all the new subscribers. Uh, we appreciate your support. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new Chip Chat. We talk with Chip Gibbons about Venezuela and that bizarre scheme to launch a coup that has ties to Florida and the Trump White House and billionaire heirs. It's a great story. It's a good edition of Chip Chat. Tune in. Thursday, we've got a brand new Means Morning News. And then Friday, we're back with the garbage can for subscribers. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.